Yeah, one of us here is recording with about several drops of uh, liquefied chicken organs on their foot. Don't be jealous. Liquefied chicken organs. Yeah, I was taking out the garbage Mm. right before we recorded, and the bag split open and dumped putrefied, like, that bag of chicken stuff right onto my foot. It smells terrible. And I've washed my foot three times. I'm going to liquefy your organs. (laughs) <laughs> you're listening to the give me five podcast episode 194 side This is the Gimme Five podcast. Uh, if you were listening to another podcast, you do not have that because this one specifically is the Gimme Five podcast. And we are the only Give Me Five podcast. Fuck that those true. bastards that quit. Yeah. Uh, we talk about entertaining things. We talk about apparently gross things. And we uh, talk about books and music and movies and streaming and whatever or- comes to mind. Uh, but mostly pop culture and our weird-ass state, Florida. Uh, my name is Luca, and I record on the second floor. And I'm joined by... My name is Prince, and I'm funky. And... <laughs> my name is... What? My name is... Who? Slim Shady. Yes! <laughs> God, he got it right. And my name is Kid Rock, and I'm in the basement. Wow. <laughs> wow. We actually uh, plant that actually went significantly better than it was supposed to, which is bad because, you know, I could have just cut it out if it went terrible, but far it, better than I expected it. Right. Uh, call my agent. So uh, that last voice, because you guys are used to hearing three people, that last voice is Scott. He is visiting, and uh, as I like to call him, a goddamn American treasure. He is, in fact, a goddamn American treasure. He is. He is a good dude. He keeps the things running that keeps America running. The butt plug factories of America. Thank you. <laughs> if Without Scott, every the time they change... The plugs would go away. Yeah. The tiny every... trees. <laughs> what kind of world would that be? So no, thank right? you. So when you when you are all out there in podcast world neglecting your wives and they're charging their batteries, it's because of me. Charging yep. So you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for joining us, Scott. And you're gonna get to hear us talk about some interesting things, and uh, we're, we might spoil them. We're definitely gonna spoil some shit because you know what? This is a friggin' review show, and there's gonna be some spoilers. All right, we'll try to avoid major twists, but if we screw something up, because we're talking about something that you haven't seen, read, or listened to yet, it's your own damn fault because we warned you. So, remember, as you're listening to us bitching and moaning because we screwed up something that you hadn't seen, read, or listened to yet, remember to subscribe, rate, and review us. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually a good call. Usually we say this at the end, but... We want you to do it now. Just whatever do it you're now. doing. Go subscribe before we screw it up. So occasionally one of the hosts, and by one of the hosts I mean me, screws up and our lovely listeners call in and leave a voicemail telling us that this is a little section that we like to call shame. 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 Hey, Give Me Five Podcast. This is Alec. I listen to Side A, and I have to shame Greg because when discussing Charles Robinson, who passed away recently at Blood Night Court, he mentioned how Charles Robinson and Wendell Pierce were working on a play during COVID last year. Wendell Pierce was indeed on The Wire, which is, in my opinion, the greatest show 
TV show of all time. However, Wendell Pierce did not play the character that said she. That character was played by Isaiah Whitlock Jr. The character's name was Clay Davis. Wendell Pierce played Bunk, who was McNulty's uh, partner for part of the show and uh, Freeman's partner for the other part. But just wanted to make sure that correction and shame was noted on behalf of all Wire fans everywhere. Thank you. Bye. Shame. 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 Shame, Greg. Shame. I could have sworn it was Wendell Pierce that said it. Shame, Omar. Shame. That's fair. I'm already ashamed of myself anyway, just for other things. Yeah. So this week, other than shame, we are going to talk about Fear Street Part 3, the third week in a row we're talking about a Fear Street. Ironic that it's also Part 3. Dun, dun, dun. 1666. Gunpowder Milkshake, of which I've seen half of it. And Space Jam, a new... Oh, wait, two things. Space Jam, a new legacy. We'll hit it on a little bit. Seen some complaints in the chat room, and, and they're valid, so I want to talk about those. Uh, and the... F- first new John Mayer album in uh, four years. Uh, I don't know if it's SOB Rock or Sob Rock and I used to hate John Mayer and I'm I'm, I'm rec- talking about this album as a mea culpa. Interesting. So I haven't heard it yet yeah. so I'm interested to hear what you say. Yeah. So we already Very talked about spoilers. Let's uh, we really didn't find much news this week so I guess we could just kind of skip right past it rather than sure. Yeah, I don't think there was not a lot of well, casting news. Not all of the news can we skip past because there is some news from the lovely state that we reside in. That's right. It's time for WTF. Welcome, Welcome. to Florida. To Florida. Uh, I think since Scott is here, I really would like to start talking about the way that I met Scott, and that really does come from a Florida story. Ooh, do tell. Yeah. We're, we're going public with this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Florida man gets home from doctor, finds naked stranger in his pool. I am the Florida uh, man in this case. Scott is the naked stranger. That is, that'd be a great nickname. <laughs> naked stranger. <laughs> you know, this this story that you're talking about right now, this was like plan D. If uh, If it didn't work out for dinner tonight, that's... Me and Rob were just going gonna... to, we were going to um, be naked in your pool. Yeah. So. And I might have pooped in it. Well, plan no. plan E was just to shit on the deck. <laughs> Man, I miss everything. They're trying to get my dogs in trouble. Oh. So. You would have known that it was not your dogs. <laughs> wow, because it'd be bigger than my dog. So this actually happened in Charlotte County, not to me, but it is very similar to how I met Scott. Famously huge shit. <laughs> wow. uh, a guy came home from a doctor's appointment, as I said, and in, in Charlotte County house, he found, like, he just saw, like, a, a trail of clothing leading to the pool. And when he got there, uh, trespasser Heather A. Kennedy told, uh, looked up naked from the pool and said, Leave me alone! Uh, she... <laughs> Uh, looks like she has body by meth and face by meth. Yep. She does, in fact. <laughs> Your skin complexion, what's that? Methamphetamine. <laughs> uh, the deputies eventually convinced her to leave the pool and put her clothes back on. And then they, when they tried to detain her, uh, she resisted pulling away from the deputies. Uh, and they basically caught her, subdued her, and booked her. Yeah, uh, and oh yeah, this is great. They identified her from previous booking photos, and now faces charges for trespass, amongst other things. I did try to look for the other booking photos, but I I did not find them. No luck. I think they were behind a paywall. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't Wait, that's weird. Swim. This is her umpteenth time getting arrested. That's bizarre. In that Florida. never happens with meth heads. Yeah. Or in Florida. (laughs) So, congratulations. You are our Florida woman of the uh, week. Equal opportunity here at the Give Me Five podcast. Exactly. Welcome to the recidivism state. 
with no news and just a little bit of Florida news, we're ready to start talking about our topics. Although, if you would like to encounter some very weird conversation and also some some uh, some pre-show Florida news, you could always join our Discord chat and become a patron. For just $5, you could become a patron of the Give Me Five podcast and get invited to join our Discord chat. You get things like early access to the movie that we're going to be reviewing. You get early access to the top five list. You can even submit your own top five lists to be read here on the show. You get a birthday episode where we make a custom top five list about you. Guaranteed to be wildly inaccurate. However, if it is in fact accurate, we bear no culpability for outing you. <laughs> Those are and your you own should probably decisions. go to jail. You should probably talk to a priest <laughs> yes. if it's accurate. Maybe there more are... than one priest. Yeah, maybe like a, a young one and an old one that are screaming things at you and throwing uh, holy <laughs> the water. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> yeah. There are higher ranges where you can get access to things like show notes. You could curate an episode and come on and join us for an episode. Um, and hear the dulcet tones of your own voice on the Give Me Five podcast. Yeah. And you can do all of that by going to patreon.com slash give me five podcast. And that is spelled out F-I-V-E. I think our last three episodes have had, coincidentally, uh, patrons on. They have, in fact. Yeah, that's right. In the midst of our summer of 87 and this episode, we've had some people that have, have wanted to be on the show. And we were like, sure. Why not? If you it's... really like Revenge of the Nerds too, and have something to add, by all means. And if you and really for all like of Super... those out there on the fence that just don't know if they want to push that button or not, where else can you buy three gentlemen from Florida's soul for five dollars, <laughs> you're way overpaid. But that's fine. It's literally <laughs> everywhere sad, in Florida. But it's true. He thinks I have a soul. Uh, first oh. time I've been called a gentleman. That's interesting. <laughs> wow, you're right. I'm trying to get you five bucks, Omar. Play into it. <laughs> Worst salesman ever. Thanks. I'm sorry. He hasn't made that. He hasn't made five bucks since that that uh, time late at night at the beach showers. Hey, five bucks is five bucks. Yeah. All right. It's back I'll to it. It the hard way. <laughs> yep. Literally. Gated. Okay. So let, what what are we going to talk about here? Let's. Uh, should we do the uh, the movies? Let's. Uh. Why don't you hit us with a little bit of music first? Okay. So I. In the past, was not a big fan of John Mayer, and he's kind of a uh, douchebag, isn't he? At least that's, that's exactly that's exactly why. Where he was, I would say, I'm gonna say, I thought moderately talented, just you know, soft rock stuff and songs that like you know they were written for pop uh, like audiences and like you know i'm gonna write a wedding song that everyone plays at their wedding here we go which it does take talent but also it seems in, in uh inhumane <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say disingenuous but yeah that works uh but then a friend of ours and he was talking about how good of a guitar player he was and it's a friend of of mine and, and omar's uh, who knows a lot about guitar players and i thought he was kidding and i was like really no he's really freaking good so when john mayer released his he released a blues trio album with two other dudes and it was like a live album and it was fantastic in fact i like i listened to that thing for this was in early 2000s i was like okay i was wrong about this guy and then he would go to his pop stuff and then back to blues and whatever okay cool you're on the you know you're good so recently i saw an ad for his new album which is called sob music it uh was is super 80s looking the cover of this album reminds yeah, me of a eric clapton album cover from like 1985 or something yeah like well, blue and like gray told, hues Good. like i told greg the only thing that's missing is like a suit with a skinny tie correct yeah agreed. If, if he was in a suit with a skinny tie it would be completely 80s mm -hmm. like standing next to a window with like bluish gray hues with like <laughs> a guitar low slung and just kind of looking at the camera and they have like these really Light thin fonts the blinds and strips. Yeah. yeah really thin fonts lots of pinks and blues and everything it just looks it looks 80s cool and well, they have that they have that like uh the the what 3d font where the letters are like sliding out at you but the trail is in like uh neon colors and shit yeah right. like Miami Vice almost yeah yeah that's exactly right 
Uh, and they also, just for fun, have the Nice Price sticker on it, which is a sticker that is from totally from the 80s, where when they re-released all the albums from the 70s and then early 80s throughout, you know, on cassette or CD or whatever, they had this uh, CBS Records, I think, would put a little sticker that said the Nice Price. And I haven't seen that sticker in years. Yeah. As soon as I saw it, I was like, whoa. And they even like a price tag on it. So it's just a really cool throwback. So, of course, that does not matter what the music is. Like, that caught my eye. So I'm like, okay, well, let's if they're going 80s, let's hear this. So I um, I started listening to the album. It came out on uh, – I've scrolled down. Uh, it came out on July 16th, 2021. And I scrolled down. <laughs> so I can't see when it came out. Uh, and it's it's good. I really like it. It is not – over the top 80s it is definitely more of a soft pop rock feel but each of the songs is kind of punctuated with this really cool like breezy blues guitar mm-hmm. um i'm not sure if you like know what i'm talking about like the way i can all put it is because we have a lot of you know bars and restaurants and stuff that are on the beach or on the intercoastal around here obviously and every so often you'll just be like a musician playing and then like the guitarist will decide to like you like don't pay attention, and then the guitarist will do like this really cool bluesy solo, and all of a sudden it seems like it gets cooler in the bar, and like your hair is blowing in the wind and stuff like that. <laughs> like okay. what? What? It's just like this feeling. Um, uh, Eric Clapton. It's like the same toning that Eric Clapton I think uses on uh, "Wonderful Tonight," right? And uh, okay. and uh, a little bit of "Tears in Heaven." So, just really. Blue, good bluesy stuff. So that punctuates the songs. It's a I really enjoy it. I've listened to it a bunch of times because I've been driving all over the place this past weekend chasing Pokemon, and I'm mostly able to listen to it with my child in the car, except for one song. Uh, I don't dislike a lot of it except for one song, and that is the title of the song. They have a song that um, is called uh, Why You No Love Me. And Okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's... It's like the song title is Why You Know Love Me, and like it's in the chorus. And then the follow up in the chorus is Why You Know We'll Be There. And he's like, Well, it's supposed to be. This is where the douchebag stuff comes in. It's supposed to be the. You're so hurt that it's turning you back into a child. Like you're so hurt by something that happened, it makes you feel like a child again, and you can't find the words to say it. I'm like, Yeah, I appreciate when people do weird, like, stretch a little bit, but that's a big stretch. Like, and it ruins a pretty decent song musically. Douchebag! Yeah, that sounds pretty lame. That's a lame yeah. excuse, like, answer. But the first the first three songs are gold. They're awesome. And there's a song later in the in the album that's really, really good. The other ones are okay, but those four, it's like a 10-track album, so when there's four really good songs and the rest are okay, that's not a bad. But that's, that's interesting that you said that. That's a pretty typical John Mayer thing. I know that he he's known a certain way, but he's a phenomenal songwriter. Like he's a really good songwriter, and and a lot of it is poppy. Um, mm-hmm. so it you know it comes off a certain way, and people don't really like take him seriously like, necessarily. Like the princess from Trolls. Yes, poppy like the princess from. There Trolls. it is. Oh, very okay. I haven't seen that in forever. Um, but he's a he really is a great songwriter, and a lot of his originals. Um are really bluesy. The other thing about him is he's a, he's a ridiculous guitar player. Like, he's an amazing guitar player. He actually has been touring with the Grateful Dead. Um, oh, as their lead? As their, yeah, as one of their lead guitar players, yeah. And um, I don't know when the last time he did. I haven't looked into it, but I remember they, they toured around, like, pre-pandemic, and I wanted to see them. I didn't get a chance to. I, I haven't seen the Dead since Gary Garcia was alive, but... Um, and then his like you mentioned his trio, um, they're incredible. Like they're really really great. As a matter of fact, just the other day I was listening. I was just on one of my stations on Pandora, I think um, uh, Alabama Shakes or something or Pink Floyd. I don't remember which one. And John Mayer came on from the album Continuum, which is like way back, like two decades ago or decade and a half ago, like early two thousands, mid two thousands. And he does a cover of Jimi Hendrix, Bold as Love. And he, it's its literally perfect. I mean, it's note for note, perfect. And that, if you know that song, the guitar is not, that's not a joke. 
like the way that it's being played and he's singing it at the same time. My thing with John Mayer is it's too clean. It's too poppy. Even when he's doing covers of like old blues or Hendrix or whatever, like it's too um, polished. It's not, it's not raw and gritty enough. (laughs) So when you say that, I have this image of this upper class, like white guy trying to speak slang. Um, that's interesting. That's actually pretty good. I, I guess that's the, that's a really good way of like the guitar version of that, I guess. But he really does nail it. Like he's very, very good. He's, he's, he stands out in any, I don't care what lineup you put him in. He, he, he can shine. He can, he can hold his own. It's just that his style is very clean. And, yeah, and there's nothing wrong the, with that. Sometimes I just, the mistakes are what's good. The like, where you right. hear, and sometimes like where that, you hear the fingers getting to the note, exactly. or you hear a note cut off too early, or something like that. Exactly. Or you like, I like Sammy Hagar a lot because his voice would crack on on notes. Right, but it's still so they, good, and they left it in. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to like yeah. a lot of Zeppelin stuff, if you listen like on headphones, especially, you can hear like the like different things on like the drums squeaking, <laughs> like. <laughs> And there's like at the beginning of cele- uh what is it? Uh, oh god, I forgot what song. They're recording outside, and you can hear a plane go by above above them because they were recording outside of some like chateau somewhere. That's the kind of stuff that sounds great. Like it's just cool to have. John Mayer wouldn't have anything or, like that. Or listening to somebody who's used to enunciating for opera, trying to sing R and B, trying to sing blues or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't. It just sounds wrong. But he's great. Like his a lot of his his originals are like if you've never heard, for example, the song "Come Back to Bed" from like I think that was on Heavier Things. That's as bluesy as hell, and the song is like a phenomenal, and the lyrics are they'll blow your mind. It's really really good. He just has this perception, you know, a douchey or whatever you want to call it. But he's great. Like he's a really phenomenal musician. So what do you think overall of the record, Greg? Like the new album? Is it I really liked it. I re- recently I've been trying every time I listen to something I'm like what would I what would I listen to this music for? To get pumped up before I go into a business meeting before I when I just want to chill out. Yeah, I, I that's slayer. <laughs> nothing but nothing but slayer. Slayer. <laughs> hey, we've all got our thing, man. That's cool. Pantera. I'm not here yeah. to argue like, you know, yeah. Whatever, Megadeth, whatever you're into. <laughs> I'm learning uh, no, so like, much. It... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like, well, because I started getting into vinyl, because that's, you know, eventually, that was inevitable. I am like, well, I'm not going to rebuy everything that I own in vinyl. Like, I, I don't want stuff that's heavily produced. So every time I listen to something, I'm like, okay, what, how do I want to listen to this? And this album screams to me like the sun is going down. You've kind of been hanging out all day, drinking in the sun, and now you're just kind of chilling and talking, and the party's kind of winding down, and you just kind of want to hang out. And that's and that's kind of what I wanted when I was listening to it. And I wanted to be able to put it on the outdoor speakers and just chill out. Like by and the then, pool, but know, not in the pool. By the pool, yeah. I would say by the pool. Well, not in the pool if Rob's been there, because then I have to wait for the pool guy to come and yeah. clean out the... Mm-hmm. There ain't enough the, chlorine on Earth for that. Yeah. Or therapy. Um, yeah. You chill out near the I'm pool. I'm shit in his pool. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, I've got so much evidence if that ever happens. <laughs> like five or six actual audio recordings of him saying. He's I don't know. I don't know what happened, Ostafer. It, it was. Just, it was. It was. It was there when I got there. When I got here, it, it was already there. Local podcaster sentenced to twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> For feeding his friend to a bobcat behind his house for shitting in his pool. Uh, I mean, it's so weird when you say check it out or don't check it out because, like, most of most stuff is if you have a streaming service, you're gonna check it out because it's free. Like, there's, you know, it's it's a weird thing to review stuff. Check it out if you have a streaming service, and I think I if I didn't have a streaming service, I would buy it. Let's put it there that way. Interesting. And it would be the first John Mayer album that I bought. Okay. Well, other I guess the John Mayer trio I've owned that forever, but anyway. So let's uh, should we should we milkshake? Should we bring all the boys to the yard? Yes, let's do that. That's a good one. Because uh, they're no, let's like do, no, it's let's, better no, let's do, than yours. 
Let's do, uh, yeah, okay, let's do that. We we went down that path. I have not finished this, so you guys well, have fun. I happen to watch this with Mr. Scott, so he can, That's he me. can uh, from, chime from in Star on Trek? this. We, uh, yeah, from Star Trek. Scotty! <laughs> so, we did watch the movie Gunpowder Milkshake. It was released on July 14th of 2021. It's directed by Navat Papushado. I just like saying that name. Papushado. Papushado. It does star Karen Gillian, uh, Joanna Bobbin, Freya Allen, Lena Headey, Carla Gugino, Angela Bassett, Michelle Yeoh. Those are those are the main players. There's a bunch of other bit players because it's a it's a mob type movie. But the synopsis is in her turbulent life as a professional assassin, Scarlet was cruelly forced to abandon her daughter Sam and go on the run. Years later, despite the estrangement, Sam has also grown up into a cold-blooded hitwoman. After a high-stake mission spins out of control, putting an innocent eight-year-old girl in the middle of the gang war she has unleashed, Sam has no choice but to go rogue. This ultimately leads her back to her mother and her former hitwoman sidekicks, who all join forces in an avenging war against those who took everything from them. Greg, what have you thought so far of it? I've liked it so far. I am exactly at the point where she goes to uh, uh, what I, what's her face's house, and they put the gun in uh, where the main character goes to to I guess her mom's house, and they you put the silenced gun to the back of her head outside the door of her apartment. Mm-hmm. She's like, "What? You know, like what have I told you about what not watching your back? Like that's right where I'm at." Uh. I really like the fight scenes. They're pretty visceral. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've always liked the actress ever since uh, Doctor Who era. Um, it hasn't come together quite yet, like, for me. It's it's of the ilk of, like, assassin movies that I really like, like the big hit back in the day, which there's we don't get a lot of those anymore, like the over-the-top assassin movies, mm-hmm. where they decide to pull most emotion out of it. And just go for straight up, like, crazy kills, crazy action. And then, of course, the main character, you are left, you, they do leave some emotion because the main character has a, something going on with a kid or something like that, which I've, mm-hmm. which I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so far, so good. I've just been remarkably busy. I uh, under, understood. But I, I will say one of the things that struck me first about this movie, and um, Scott actually commented on it too, he, he felt the same way I did. I I really liked the aesthetics of this movie. Um, it's it's kind of got like a I don't know if this is the right term, but like a neon noir feel to it. That's a good way to put it. Have you seen like it, that, Omar? Uh, like that twice. hallway in the doctor's office. Yeah. Uh, well, no, just just in general. I mean, it's it's got it's got almost like a comic book noir feel to it. Especially the and I say alley. comic book because the colors are really bright and vibrant, but it's still got that dark, gritty, noir feel to it. Yeah, the you bowling I mean? alley. Especially, I love those squares in the bowling alley on the back. The bowling alley was a great the... scene. Oh, it was an awesome scene. And um, the, the the action in general is just fantastic. I, I think that Karen Gilliam did a great job as the hit woman. Um, and even Lena Headey in the scenes that she was in, the... I, I totally bought it. I, I was I was drawn into this hook, line, and sinker. I thought this was absolutely phenomenal. Um, the the acting may have been a little bit over the top at times, and that was honestly from surprising sources because, like, Angela Bassett, she's overacting. Awesome. Yeah, but she was so good. Oh, she absolutely oh, was. God, and I'm it. not sure whether or not the overacting was intentional or not because— in this movie, it could have been completely intentional, but there were, in fact, scenes where I was like, okay, she's, she's reaching a little bit, but maybe that's intentional. I feel I like it know. is intentional because it fits with the theme. It didn't, it, didn't, it didn't stand out to me in a negative way. It, it felt like that's... Like it, was, like it was supposed to be. Yeah. And I, I totally and that's agree. Fair, I that's think, fair enough. I think the overacting gave it more of that comic book feel, to be honest with you. That's how I interpreted it. Yep, fair enough. I, 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 would, I would have to acquiesce to that. 
Um, I but I mean, all in all, I really, really enjoyed this movie. It was a it was a lot of fun from start to finish. Um, what's what's her name? Um, uh, Karen Gillian, who you know, we, who a lot of people know as Nebula from Guardians of the Galaxy. She was also in Jumanji. She was um, oh, that's where she, Ruby yeah. Roundhouse. Oh my god, that's where I saw her before. Ruby Roundhouse and Jumanji. Um, she's been in a lot of things, but she she was great in this movie. I thought she was absolutely excellent. I've just rewatched the entire Marvel of Wah again for like, well, probably the sixth or seventh time, but the entire thing for the second time, like straight through. Oh, and really? How did that yeah. go? Because we were showing Ethan the all oh. of them, so we watch. So throughout the pandemic year, we basically would watch a couple of them each time, mm-hmm. and. She, uh, Karen uh, Gillen is the, uh, he said Gilliam, just like Terry Gilliam. I'm like, that doesn't sound oh. right. It's good. It's yeah, Karen, and Karen that's Gillen, what I thought too. Uh, as Nebula is one of the more like overlooked great performances. She's that, Nebula especially, too? Yeah, she's yeah. Nebula. Especially she's Nebula. in the, the last two Avengers movies, Infinity War and whatever, and uh, Endgame. I was just, you know, because when you've watched it so many times, you just kind of start focusing on different characters and like, she's great. And like, she has one of, she probably has one of the biggest turnaround character arcs and then turns it right back around and then right back around again. Yeah, because she plays, she plays the dual role. Yeah. And no, and like, I don't think she got the credit that she probably deserved for, for really having a lot of key parts to that. Mm-hmm. Um, And I don't know, maybe because she was covered in blue makeup or whatever but um I, I will applaud without editing it out that's not applause rob that oh god don't do that on the microphone <laughs> oh well i can't help it because hearing hearing gillen as the red, red hair you know yeah, gotcha okay sorry continue <laughs> i will uh, again acquiesce to you um there were there were several scenes and i i have to say that i really enjoyed the fight scenes in this movie would you agree with that omar scott oh yeah they were awesome i thought i think so i i thought the cinematography was fantastic i mean it it was for for being not a big budget you know summertime hit at the movies pre-pandemic i thought it was fantastic Uh, absolutely and the I, I think my favorites were the, were a the bowling alley scene that we've already mentioned, but also the fight scene in the doctor's office. I thought was very creatively choreographed as well as absolutely hilarious. <laughs> yeah, they did a good job with that. I like this scene too. Uh, that piggybacks off of that um, in the car because she can't use you know she can't drive. Oh, because she can't use her yeah. arms. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> That was very well done. As Let me well. tell you the one of the big problems I had with this movie is in that scene because the bad guys are hanging outside of their their car windows chasing after him. I wanted one of them to get like smashed by one of those posts because they were in that parking garage. You know, mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. waiting for one of them to just get like hit and like go flying out of the car or get their head lopped off or something. And I didn't get that. That's disappointing. But <laughs> you were waiting for them to hereditary one of them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. To pull a hereditary, exactly. But, um... Uh, still too soon. <laughs> still. <laughs> I will never watch that movie. <laughs> no way. <laughs> mm. But if if you're looking for something to watch on a Friday night and you're not going out or whatever and you want to sit down and get a good popcorn flick movie going, this movie is totally it. They... Uh, is this movie also available on Wednesday nights? It is. It, okay. It's on Netflix, and it is it is a total popcorn movie, and it is a lot of fun, and I would totally suggest that you sit down and watch this movie. You can watch this with friends. You can watch it with your loved one. I mean, it's got female assassins. It's got all like a whole bunch yeah, of. He's like, telling us what to do with left and right. He's like, watch it on a Friday. You better be sitting. And you better watch it with someone you love. On what a if full I don't moon. have any? Ch- yeah. What if on a full moon with some friggin' popcorn and some ice cream? And you better watch it in like five minute bursts. And, no. Okay. 
Oh, what and- if I'm lactose intolerant? <laughs> I work on Friday nights. No one loves me, and I don't have any chairs. You son you of a bitch. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> two two things that I took away from this, like immediately, the first thing I thought was, this is basically a chick John Wick. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So Perfect at first, analogy. that 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 disappointed me. I was I was unhappy about it. And then I just like let it go and was like, just enjoy the movie. And I actually watched it two, two and a half times. Um, it's just great. It's just a really kick-ass movie. It's just would it's it have awesome. been better if Danny Trejo would have been on a buffalo? <laughs> it would have been. It would have been. You know, that's funny. It would have been better if um, my my homegirl Carla Gugino had more screen time. <clears throat> or her. if she didn't suffer. Ugh, don't get me started. But I love Carla Gugino. Oh my oh god! Oh my god! Who doesn't? Oh my god! Greg, what what were you saying? Was your first experience with Carla Gugino? She gave well, you a panty fetish or something? <laughs> Never telling you anything again. <laughs> oh, it's it's coming out, dude. No, it's, I, I'm not sure if she gave. It. Yeah, she the first the first time I ever recognized her. She had been in other stuff before, but she was in Entourage, and she was playing like I think a rival yeah. like agent. Yep. And she was doing a business meeting on a phone in a button-down shirt and panties. Oh, so hot! And like, oh and oh. like ripping into somebody. And I was like, "That's my thing." Oh, she's so hot. <laughs> she's gorgeous. She's like, to, she's and you're like, like my number I one. want her yeah. to berate me while she stands there in <laughs> panties and a button-down shirt. Did you see Californication? Yeah. Have you ever seen that show? Slap me and call me a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she's in that too, in Californication, and same like super hot. Oh my god! For me. It's, and she's great in general. She's she's just a really great actor. That's true. But for me, mm-hmm. it's Carla Gugino and Tina Fey. I I might have I might have issues, but it's those two. Those are my top two ladies, celebrity wise. And you know what? Lena Headey is is pretty damn good too. She's great. Yeah, Carla Gugino is actually from Florida too, so she might be just crazy enough. Oh, excellent. Yeah, right. I think she's from Sarasota. She's from the West Coast. If I remember correctly. But so I guess... Gunpowder Milkshake. Check it out. It's great. You'll enjoy it. She's from Sarasota. Sarasota. Nice. Florida girls. Yes, please. So what's uh, what's next? Your, th- your uh, way of listing the actors and things are, is throwing me this week where I keep on clicking off of the uh, page. <laughs> we still have IMDb. Space Jam and Fear Street. Okay, let's do Fear Street. Uh, Space Jam is technically the big release, so I will. I'm a, but I'm assuming I'm the only one that saw it. So, yeah, I didn't see it. The only person in the world to see it. That was number one. It's yeah, a, a Space Jam. Tell me again that LeBron isn't trying to be Michael Jordan. There, there's some gags in there about that, but we'll we'll get to that. Um, so Fear Street. Uh, who all watched that? You? I know Rob did. I did. I did. Scott? I've only seen the first uh, movie. Gotcha. Oh, and you, you watched one. Did you watch the other two or just this one? He's only seen part one. Yeah, well, uh, part Omar one. said he watched this one. This oh. is the only one I watched. Okay. Uh, so it was released, Fear Street. This is part three, 1666. It did come out uh, this past week, which is uh, July 16th, 2021. People from the future... You can look back in the past, see that this is the exact time it came out. It was directed by Lee Janiak, and it is available on Netflix. And the other two I've very much enjoyed. And, uh, well, there's a bunch of people in it, basically. Uh, let's go down here. Uh, it's got a bunch of returning cast who actually play dual roles, because you've got Kiana Madeira appearing as Sarah Fear and Dina. You've got Elizabeth Scopel as the original Sarah Fear. You've got Benjamin Flores Jr. as Henry and Josh. Matthew You've Zuck. Got, what's that? Matthew Zuck as Elijah Good or and Mayor Will Good. Yep. You've got Randy Havens as George Fear. You've got Julia Raywald as Lizzie and Kate. You've got Fred Hetchinger. Hetchinger? That sounds right. Hetching, yeah, Fred Hetchinger as Isaac and Simon. You've got Michael Chandler as the pastor, Cyrus Miller. Sadie Sink as Constance and Ziggy Berman. Emily Rudd as Abigail and Cindy Berman. So you've got 
This one had a lot of flashbacks to the previous movie and then also connections to the first movie, 1994. Mm-hmm. So the synopsis, the origins of Seraphir's curse are finally revealed as history comes full circle on a night that changes the lives of shady siders forever. Well, uh, the, I, have to, I have to say that it, it, based on what you, especially what Rob has been saying for the last two weeks about how things are being revealed, and it's kind of like, well, why are we watching it? Because you kind of know how things are going to, play out and I right you know what I mean because like that's what Rob mm-hmm. has been saying which makes sense based on what we've seen but in my mind I kept thinking well there has to be some something that we you know we, we just can't foresee and I think they nailed it I think they did a really good job <laughs> they they absolutely stuck the landing yeah. if you if you ignore some of the some of the shorts I and we talked about it in the last episode. You know, they, they, they. I think they kind of painted themselves into a corner in certain instances, trying to misdirect you. And when you realize that the misdirection was just a lie, and you sit back and just watch the movie and enjoy the movie, it's a very enjoyable movie. So, do you feel like they straight up like lied with some things? So, so real quick, this is where the spoilers are probably going to happen. If we are talking about what we think, what I think we're talking about, like family trees and such. Well, in the in the fir- er, in the second movie, yes, they absolutely lied. They straight up lied to you, and what they told you was not correct. So the second movie is very much enjoyable if you just sit back and watch it and ignore what you've been told so far. The third movie we didn't really know as much about, um, but they changed enough with it because in the third movie, spoiler alert. You're viewing it through the eyes of the character in 1994 who is essentially viewing the story and learning what happened in 1666. Right. She's she's basically been possessed and put into the place of Sarah Fear or the, the quote-unquote witch. And she's experiencing the story as it happened through Sarah Fear's eyes. Mm-hmm. So... This was an interesting watch for me because I watched it. You know, we did the whole family movie thing with Space Jam, which I'll talk about in a second, which is, you know, Technicolor craziness. Mm-hmm. And then everyone went to bed and I watched this. And it was very weird to, like, change my mindset. And if this was either the, the 1994 one or the 1978 one, I think those are the years. I wouldn't have had that problem because this really takes you to a like a different world where everything is slightly more sapia tones, you know, obviously mm-hmm. 1666. So there shouldn't be neon lights and all that. So I actually had to start it over a couple times. Really? Just because okay. of not because it was bad, but because I was like so hyped up from watching a freaking cartoon 20 minutes earlier. And all of a sudden there's like tawdry lesbian sex. And I was like, wait, how did we get there? <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. How, how did we get here? What happened? <clears throat> Yeah. Did, did I miss the good stuff? Where's the good stuff? <laughs> right? Because, like, you know, my mind was wandering. I was like, okay, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, like, she she's, like, pushing her the girl's head down below. And I was like, oh, wait, hold on. Okay, I need to go back a little bit to see I how I need to pay two. more attention. <laughs> yeah. So, wait one minute. When we back up to the first part, when you talked about the first movie you watched, LeBron James gets you cranked up, and then you went to this? Is, is that what I'm trying to uh, No, uh, Lola Bunny, actually. Lola Bunny. Oh, okay. oh, I love Lola Bunny. Wait, who's that? Wait, 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 what? <laughs> what are we doing? The, the the female Bugs Bunny. Not Bugs Bunny dressed as a female. Oh, that's the funny. Female okay. Bugs Bunny. That's Actually, funny. Bugs Bunny dressed as a bunny, as a female, too. I'm I'm into it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning so much. Therapy. <laughs> Title of the episode. <laughs> Therapy. <laughs> I'm learning so much. Uh... So there's there's definitely a little bit of that, but then when I when it really started kind of moving more into the story and the interconnected characters, I was like, okay. Uh, let's see, what else? The um, I do like stories from that era. You know, I, I do think that that is a that is an era that is touched upon a lot, which historically I believe it's actually overblown, like just how many witches and stuff mm-hmm. were were burned. I think. I mean, any more than zero is too many, but it wasn't like every single day they killed witches. Right. Um, 
but you know it is a it it was interesting the the power that various people have over a town and how you know the how they could we could use that to switch the story around or to get to hide characters in plain sight or hide villains in plain sight which i kind of liked uh what so the whole point of the movie here's again more spoilers the whole point of the movie is that this one family is able to get power right from doing this like ritual thing they sacrifice people to satan basically to get uh preferential treatment or good luck um, basically boons for themselves Yeah. yeah so this entire family has been doing this to get good luck in a small town that culminates in someone becoming a deputy, <laughs> and the yeah, and well, and the well, other the one's sheriff the mayor. and the mayor. mayor, sheriff and the mayor, yeah, you would think that they would like go to the town, maybe do some stuff, and then like go to a big city, like aim higher, yeah, yeah. Well, but it's been it's, their entire it's also, generations. It's also very localized, so it only affects the area that it's in, and they kind of explained that it it only affects the area that it's in, that the the. Oh the whatever it is the symbol or the the altar or whatever that it's in Uh, is where is the area that's affected by it well that makes sense then because if you think about it you you're the sheriff and the brother is the mayor that that's it you have all the power in the town that's 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 it i mean you saw the house that he lived in right he's the freaking sheriff Correct. That's no a good point. sheriff can afford that house. That's a good point too. Yeah, I just saw a hundred and sixty-eight million dollar penthouse on sale on Zillow that overlooks like Central Park. Mm-hmm. My ass would be slaughtering campers with a chainsaw <laughs> if it for that thing. <laughs> <laughs> what morals? <laughs> I, mean, I could take a bath and look at all of New York. Okay. <laughs> or more importantly, have all of New York look at me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Whatever you're into. Sorry about your whole family, but so it goes. <laughs> it's a shame. Shouldn't have been bored in Shady yeah, Side. Yeah, so it goes. Yeah. We, I, I don't know if we actually talked about this throughout all of them. The, the kills were really visceral and really good. Yeah, they like, were. They were. Like, like I had to look away. Well, almost. I, I wanted to look away, but I didn't. When the, the, I think it was when the axe was hitting the sister and the other sister was like laying there on the ground in the second mm-hmm. one. I was like, damn, over and over and over again. I was like, I'll, kind of a I'll never have my bread sliced to the bakery again after the first one. Oh, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. I still have a, yeah. I mean, that was like the rock versus mankind at, what was that, Hell in a Cell or, <laughs> or, or Armageddon in like 1997 or something? I forget which match that was, where it was like, oh, this is, ow. Um, so there's a lot of really good visceral violence, which is great which i think is why a lot of the people of like on shutter and fangoria and stuff like that are like damn like this is not just a teeny bopper movie uh the hand yeah. cut off was pretty like Ugh. yeah that i don't was think a it lot. would really work like that yeah. but it was nice it was good um actually it it wasn't terrible um because of where he stabbed her the, right you're talking, the bone, i'm talking right? about the hand cut off yeah it looks like it was right between the bone like the rack, right, whatever right it is. between the illness and the radia, oh, and is. then prying it like he because there was like a prying motion, like he jerked it down, kind of like he was you know lifting something up with a crowbar. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have separated the bones there, and then and then the continued um, tugging and pulling that he did on it absolutely would could have separated it. Like uh, for the people just listening for the first time, Rob is a nurse, not a serial killer. <laughs> or am I? <laughs> Rob is a nurse hey, and a serial hey, killer. Don't give him like a glass ceiling. He can do both. Don't be that guy. <laughs> that's rude. Don't pigeonhole yeah, me. That's not cool, man. Rob, you go ahead and do it all, man. I believe in you. I got this. I'm so glad I live 300 miles away. I claim movie rights. Aren't you coming for a visit? <laughs> nope, not anymore. <laughs> I got something I want to show you, Omar. Come here. So the director did say that she left this world open and there's lots of different areas that she could travel to within this world and with, and wants to do more of these stories. And I am all in for it. Uh, she really wants to do a, a slasher movie set in the 50s. And I'd be down for that. 
And after that one Halloween Horror Nights street with the 50s vampires and also yeah. the, the 50s uh, butcher shop that they did, mm-hmm. um, sign me up. You know, I thought every single one of these was great. And, you know. Well, it's I'm... funny, too, because you think of R.L. Stein as, like, more like kids' books. Mm-hmm. So am I wrong about that, or is this just no, amped you're... up? No, you're absolutely correct. This was... This was an R.L. Stein uh, uh, product that was not meant for young children. Okay. And I believe that that, that they actually said that the these R.L. Stein novels were more geared at, like, teenagers. They must have been. Which is actually, that R.L. Stein comment is exactly why I was like, whoa, wait. that That's a lesbian going down on another girl. Like... Right, and then it was pretty. I mean, you didn't see anything, but it was still like it's still you knew it was more than suggest- yeah, suggestive as hell. And it wasn't the camera turning away as the girl pushed her head down. It was like, like, yeah. But it not only like, that, but uh, like, we'll the, say WrestleMania again. But the way that they like, you know, people getting axed in the head and stuff, like, it was very visceral. Like I guess you said earlier, mm-hmm. it, it, it's not yeah. for the faint. It's not. It's not for preteens in any way. Mm-hmm. So that, that brings this, us to me talking about Space Jam, A New Legacy. So, uh, this is an HBO, HBO Go and theaters type thing. I saw it on HBO Go. My kid was super excited about it when it was coming out. I would not have seen it in the theater, although I did recently pay to rent the first one. Uh of course, it stars LeBron James, Don Cheadle, Cedric Joe, Sonequa Martin-Green of uh, Star Trek fame and Walking Dead fame, uh, Chris Davis, Sue Bird, Anthony Davis, Draymond Green, Damian Lillard, and Clay Thompson. Uh, rogue artificial intelligence kidna- kidnaps the son of a famed basketball player, LeBron James, who then has it to work with Bugs Bunny to win a basketball game. Uh, since this movie is, of course, made for kids, uh, my kid loved it. Uh I am always super hyped up when they have cameos from other properties in things. So the first one thing I can really remember doing a lot of it was the Lego movie. Like when you they had yeah. the, the big round table thing. So I was like, which I loved. I loved the Lego movie, but it was like Gandalf and Green Lantern and what, you know, just screaming out all these character names. It was good. Uh, especially when they're obscure because that's, you know, okay, great, Batman neat but when you have like i don't know like some random character you're like sweet so this has a lot of those cameos in it which i like uh it even has a cameo from the big rock dot rock guy from uh was it thunder the barbarian oh my god really yeah yeah. (laughs) i was like holy shit and he's the he's kind of playing the part of the dude that's under the basket like trying to like distract people (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I, like, I haven't heard that oh, yeah. forever. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, you know, it's got just some of the things that are the more obscure ones, because obviously the, the Scooby-Doo's are, is there and stuff like that. But, like, the dinosaur, the crane dinosaur from the beginning of the Flintstones episodes, he, like, jumps down. Uh, Robocop is in it. There are droogs from Clockwork Orange, which there's no kid on the planet that should kidding? know what that is. No. Really? I mean, they're in the background, but they're there. Oh, uh, Beetlejuice is in there. That's so extreme. Uh, Holy there's a, a bunch of Game of Thrones dudes, like the, the Ice King and some of the things. Uh, Lord of Rings, pe- Lord of the Rings people, Harry Potter. There's a ton of Harry Potter stuff in there. Thundercats, Space Ghost is always kind of floating around. Um, That's pretty funny. Space Ghost! Yeah, exactly. Ghost to uh, ghost. Iron Giant and King Kong kind of sitting there and fist bump each other during the oh game. Oh my god, that's so funny. This, this story is definitely one of those stories where the... You can tell that writers of movies are just like, okay, we want to get all these characters together, and they have no idea how technology works. They're like, oh, the server sucked them in to play. And I get, okay, great, it's someone in Cartoon World, but it's just that kind of silliness. Like, they're just in the server, and like they get sucked in, and it's like, that's not how that would possibly work. Like, they're not even, like, attached to something that's supposed to, like, digitize them or something. Like in Tron. Yeah, like they're they're literally in a server room. It's like you could have had them because they do digitize people to put them in video games. So like, have this thing happen. So stuff like that. The real crux of the story is 
father and son, and the son wants to do one thing, and the father wants him to be a famous basketball player. So the kid wants to play video games. The father doesn't understand what's the big deal about games. And, you know, the kid is like, you forgot how to have fun, that kind of thing. So I, I actually really appreciated that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Knowing, and although technically I'm the other way, I'm like, son, why don't you make more video games? <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to be a teacher. No, you want to make video games. Uh, you don't want to be a teacher. that is incorrect uh so i did appreciate that a lot of people in the chat room and for the the patron chat room as well as other people said it seemed like a big advertisement for warner brothers and hbo things i think that is 100 percent true Mm -hmm. Uh, it did seem a lot like that it was almost like that the entire time the movie was going on they were like we need to let people know that disney doesn't own everything like, yeah, they own Marvel and Star Wars and, you know, all the Spider-Man stuff now and whatever else. They don't own everything, though. You know, they well, actually, I think Sony still has Spider-Man. They have X-Men. Can't shame me, people. So it does seem like that. But I also didn't mind when it was done in Ready Player One. It was just, you know, the gremlins are in this as well. So there's a lot of the crossover from that as well. Uh Definitely is a, a little bit of, you know, putting fun back into sports conversation, which I liked. Uh, there is there is some uh, there is some Michael Jordan jokes, so not against Michael Jordan at all. Uh, Just illusion you know, saying uh, saying that they need him to in, in when they're getting their asses handed to him. You know, it's not like the, the if you were to diagram this movie and then diagram the other movie, it would pretty much be the same diagram just with, you know. Toon World versus inside of a server kind of thing. So, if you have HBO Go, I suggest it. Your kids are going to absolutely love it. I mean, my kid could care less about basketball and was bouncing all over the place and cheering and and was he was really excited to watch it. Um, I'm sure he'll watch want to watch it again. So, if kids a kids a plus uh, adults. Yeah, having watched space, the first Space Jam, also not a great movie, really. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, there is a Mad Max reference in this movie that's fantastic. Nice. There's cool when they get to Toontown. Okay, let's see. Let's let's do this real quick. We have a few seconds. When they get to Toontown, all of the characters are gone. So it's it like does the thing with the population sign, and it says. You know, population one, and then and then LeBron James walk in and says population two, because all of the tune characters have gone to other things. So other other properties. Uh, let's see, the uh, granny. What uh, what what world do you think she ended up in? Um. What What do you mean? Like other other properties? Well, I guess this is gonna be really hard because there's so many. Like, it's not just Warner Brothers. So, Granny is, like, in the Matrix. She's basically, uh, uh what's-her-face, the the black leather Trinity? character. <laughs> yeah, she's really? Trinity, I think. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, so, like, she's there, but, like, uh, uh, Sylvester, I think it's Sylvester, I think it's, yeah, Sylvester is, uh, is Mr. Bigglesworth. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so he's like you know a, a hairless cat now, and he's um, it's just little gags like that. You know, all of them are in some different property. Um, some uh, some of them are, are the uh, Mad Max people that are like huffing silver paint. Oh, that's so, funny. Yeah, so it's that's to- that those parts are great, and they use the actual clips from the movie too, and they just put them in. So there's a lot of so. stuff for the parents. Yeah, yeah, which I love that. I love when they do that in those. Movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, my girls are older like, now, so I, I don't... Watching it for that 10-second clip of Mad Max was totally worth it. I was laughing my ass off as they were, like, huffing silver paint. So... And my child was like, what? I don't get it. So, totally worth it just for that. Even if you could just find that scene on YouTube, I would find it. So, that is my call on Space Jam. The New Legacy, is that what it's called? Yeah, Space Jam and New Legacy. Oh, and at one point, uh, Le- you find out that LeBron James is a Hufflepuff. Oh, that some people care about that. 
Interesting. Okay. Did not. The I didn't see that coming. The magic world. He's a. Uh, he flies around on a broom for a second, and based <laughs> on his scarf, he is a Hufflepuff. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. All right. I didn't. Uh, so that expect that takes us out. I think. Lots of things you guys can now listen to and watch and enjoy. So. And uh, I guess uh, if you want uh, next week, real quick, uh, if you on Monday, we are going to reviewing Superman four, the worst of the Superman movies. By far. Yeah, Cinematic we had two options. Gold. <laughs> I don't think Scott understands gold. <laughs> Maybe he just didn't see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> there is a gold guy in it. Oh, I yeah, seen it. No, he watched oh. it because he and I watched it together. It's so bad. It's I so had hard. to. I had to wake up a certain person in this podcast twice while watching it. That's how good it is. <laughs> that yeah. I needed that, that too. That is not incorrect. We had two options this week: La Bamba and Superman Four, and we had to. We decided on Superman Four because it sucked more. <laughs> and God, La Bamba hate... is in fact a good movie. Yeah, I hate everything about this movie. It makes me hate enjoying things. <laughs> I had no idea until I watched this. That, and I know he even says it in the freaking movie, but I had no idea that Gene Hackman did the voice for Nuclear Man. Yeah. Wait, that's... Like, I never acted in anything again. And his, la his real last name is Pillow. Mm -hmm. Wait, really? So we're going to do all of this exciting stuff on our side B episode, which you'll be able to catch uh, on Monday. Yeah. So Just don't watch the check movie. It out. Just <laughs> yourself. But it is free, so you could watch if it. If you have HBO Max. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, it's $3.60 on Amazon. Actually, this is the first time I regret having HBO Max, now that I think about it. <laughs> 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 I didn't really... I didn't really think about it. This is just now, but it's true. I was. You called him up. You're like, I was just scrolling through the movie list and looking at your Superman area. Oh yeah, we've got great Superman movies. Yeah, but I saw Superman four on there, and I'd like to cancel my yeah. subscription. <laughs> Could you? So, uh, well, uh, how can how people it, reach us? How it went for me and Rob was, oh man, I, I can't watch it. Oh, I can't get into HBO. I'm not going to be able to watch it. And I said, no, Rob, I got an idea. And he just stared at the camera, like, why? Why did you say that? <laughs> so we watched it. I thought I was going to get out of it. And Scott's like, no, 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 I got you. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I have to watch the movie. And I can't just nod my head and agree when they talk about it. Okay. Uh, how do people reach us? That'd be you, Omar. You are on contact stuff. Omar. Uh, I'm not on that screen. Let's see here. Um, oh, my God. How could they reach us if they so chose to? Um. Well, you can go to GiveMe5Podcast.com. That's one way yeah. to do it. That, that's true. Um, I'm a fan of the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter variations. You can do it that way. Give me 5 pod um, Give me 5 podcast at gmail.com if you want to tell Greg why he's wrong and should be shamed about things. I, we, we like, Wait, what? Yeah. Well, it's fun. It's a good pastime for the rest of us. Um. You can leave us a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast app you uh, podcast app you are using. Um, there's a number of ways to get a hold of us and tell us to small small correction. Yeah. On Facebook, we are in fact the Give Me Five podcast. Oh, I didn't so say that. I'm search sorry. for that. Yep, yep. But on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Give Me Five Pod. Um, you could. Let's just say, for example, you wanted to email Greg and at gimme5podcast at gmail.com and say something like, hey, get a time machine and don't do Superman 4. Just go to La Bamba and, and move on. But, I mean, we can't do that. Don't, don't kill dinosaurs randomly because you think they're already going to die either. <laughs> exactly. But So there's a number of ways that you can tell Greg that he's wrong. Um, I suggest you try at least... Uh, let's just say two of them. That's your homework for the week. Is that fair? <laughs> you can Greg's going to get so many emails about how he's wrong. <laughs> you take the teacher out of the classroom, but he's still assigning homework. Yep, but he's still a dick about it. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs>
Scott, thank you for joining us, and I apologize for these people, and also that you had to learn things about me. No, there is one way that you can really get under Greg's skin, and that's you You end up going to um, givemefivepodcast.threadless.com and buy as many articles of clothing that you can that have big pink hands on them and say, give me five. And uh, that, sure. that really makes Greg very angry. So there's another I get, way. I get enraged. That's, so there's yeah, that. I, Rage. We love. Yeah. I'm totally going to do a nice price version of the t-shirt, by the way, because I love that logo. That's a great idea. It's happening. That's a good one. It's happening. Yeah. And I still got to do some other ones, too. We love giving Greg been... rage boners. So wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that? Was that, that was supposed to be in my head. All right. Engorged. Thank you for listening. <laughs>